When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Monday, June 19th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, we've got a lot to get to uh, in this podcast. There's a, been a lot of moves, a lot of changes, uh, but the Guardians uh, come home from Arizona, uh, winners 12 to three uh, in in one of their you know better offensive showings of the uh, of the season so far. Uh, it, they even survived a power failure in the first inning uh, to to come through and and put up some runs on the board. Uh, what'd you see in the series, uh, in the, the, the series finale and the finale of the road trip, uh, that you liked out of the guardians on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, there's not too much you, you could, you, I didn't like Joe. I mean, offensively 16 hits, 12 runs, Josh Naylor goes four for four for five with three RBIs. Uh, Steven Kwan scores four runs, drives in three runs. Rosario gets three hits you know, to go along with the four hits he had Saturday night. Um, so maybe he's starting to heat up uh, from the bottom of the order. Straw gets two hits, reaches base four times. Uh, just, you know, really one of those, a rare, rare blowout for this team. A chance where, you know, they could just relax a little bit. You know, Bybee started, went five innings. Um didn't have the best control, was bouncing pitches all over the place, but he got through five and um, touched 98 miles an hour. And we saw Bo Naylor behind the plate, you know, his first big league start behind the plate. Uh, you know, had some trouble with the with the balls in the dirt, but, you know, overall looked okay. Yeah, and uh, the only thing really, if you wanted to find something to complain about, Bo Naylor uh, still hitless in his major league uh, career at the plate. Uh, through five appearances last year and, uh, you know, uh, two games so far this season uh, hasn't gotten a hit. But uh, we, we know that the offense is there and the offense will come with uh, with Bo Naylor. That's not a question. Uh, it, it was uh, it, it was interesting watching that that power failure in the first inning. Uh, what was your perspective uh, on that? Uh, we were watching on TV and and Corbin Carroll just sort of backed off. He saw the lights flicker and backed out of the, the plate. And then all of a sudden you look up and uh Half the lights in one of the light banks are are, are totally out. There was a, a power surge in the grid in downtown Phoenix, and that's what led to uh, the, the the system malfunction at Chase Field. Took them about 15 minutes to get things rebooted. But uh, you know, uh, what's your perspective on that? And how how did you pass the time during the uh, during the power failure? 
Well, we were kind of under the ledge in the press box, Joe, so I couldn't really see it. I saw like the flash with the lights and, uh, you know, I, uh, so that's all I saw. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we were listening on, uh, you know, the game on TV and they were talking about it. I guess, you know, I was talking to Tom Hamilton, Hamilton about, a, you know, I guess the, there's a bad cable in the roof, so they couldn't have opened it even if they wanted to. Some, some crazy oh, thing wow. like that. So, uh, but it was, I, I, I'm not surprised there was a power surge because it was like 102 degrees outside. So I'm sure everybody was cranking up their AC in, uh, in Phoenix. Um, but it was weird. I asked, uh, Francona what he thought about it. And he goes, what do I look like? An electrician? <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I know, it was weird, but I know Bybee was, uh, he was walking off the mound. He said, really, this is happening to me right now. And, uh, he said he was kind of mad, but then he figured, uh, you know, well, I'll just, you know, there's nothing I can do to control this. So he went, you know, to the dugout and went up and down the, uh, up, up and down the bench and asked, uh, Bieber and, and, uh, uh, Tristan McKenzie and Carl Willis what he should throw when he went back out there because he had a 3 2 count on Carroll. And uh, he come back with a, a fastball 97 miles an hour top of the zone and got strike three to end the inning on one pitch. So, uh, that worked out. Uh, the, the the Guardians, uh, you know, the offense was was spotty on this trip uh, to San Diego and uh, Arizona. Uh, uh, like you said, uh, outscored 31 to 27. But hey, hey, 27 runs for this team over a six game stretch is actually, you know, not that bad. Uh, they uh, 20 of their runs came just in those two wins on the trip. But, uh, you know, it, it it looked like and it felt like at times, uh, like you said, different parts of the uh, the lineup were, were sort of figuring things out and, and getting sort of finding their groove. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, Josh Naylor, they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, he's leading the way here. You know, he had this 14 game hitting streak st- uh, stopped on Friday. He then he goes over for five Saturday, but he comes right back and has a big game yesterday, four for five, like we were saying three RBIs and a stolen base, Joe. I, this guy's going to give me a heart attack stealing bases. I mean, I know he's going to break something if, if he keeps sliding head first into the bag. So I like, I shudder every time he, he takes off, but I think he's what he's five for six. So I guess you know, you're not going to stop it until you get thrown out. Well, and don't forget, he's got the cheat code over there at, uh, at first with Sandy Alomar. If, That's if, right. If, Sandy, yeah. if Sandy's telling him to go, then uh, how can you not go if, if Sandy's standing there telling you to go? So, uh, yeah, they, uh, they come out the other side of this road trip, uh, two and a half games behind the Twins. The Twins back down to 500 right now. Uh, Detroit has climbed back into third place in the division. Uh, like we keep saying, the American League Central Division, the, uh, the gift that keeps on giving, uh, because nobody seems to want to just uh, take the division and run with it. Uh, Chicago uh, loses to Seattle in spite of a, a pretty good performance by Lance Lynn. Yeah, Lance Lynn strikes out 16, and uh, the White Sox still lose 5-1. to one. You know, they've dropped back to third place. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Uh, Detroit, like you said, has moved up. The, I mean, I, I should say Chicago's down to fourth place. Detroit is back to third I think they took two out of three maybe over the weekend from the Twins. So this division, Joe, no, all anybody has to do is, is get on like a six or seven or eight game winning streak. And this division could be theirs. And, and, and it doesn't matter who it is. It, 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 it could be the Twins. It could be the Guardians, Detroit or Chicago. I mean, it, it's sitting right there for everybody. 
Yeah, there's uh, a, a lot of opportunity ahead, uh, especially as we get into July. Um, uh, let's talk about the uh, the flurry of moves that uh, happened on uh, Friday, all precipitated by uh, Tristan McKenzie and some uh, some really sort of jarring news there. Uh, you got to talk to, to Tristan. Uh, he was scratched from his uh, start on Friday, and uh, the reason was a sore elbow. Uh, they put him on the uh, the injured list, and uh, they're going to examine him uh, today, this week. We'll, we'll probably know before tomorrow's game against Oakland, you know, what uh, sort of the prognosis and what the next steps are going to be for him. Uh, but this is uh, some scary stuff when you're talking about the elbow. Yeah, Joe, uh, you know, I talked to Tristan yesterday. Uh, he said, um, you know, that he felt it, uh, you know, in his la- after his last start against Houston, I uh, felt that he'd thrown way too many sliders in that game. I mean, he threw 34 sliders compared to 14 in his first start of the season, and that was only his second start. Um, you know, so they did the MRI. He said there's inflammation in there. He said they thought there was some damage to the UCL, you know, the uh, the, the ulnar collateral ligament, and I didn't like to hear that. No. And, uh, but he thought – he said he said he was still optimistic because – you know, he was able to throw his bullpen between uh, after his start against Houston. He was able to play catch every day until Friday when he, the elbow wasn't feeling good and he didn't trust it. He didn't really feel that, that his arm was secure enough to start and give uh, Cleveland a chance to win that game Friday. So, you know, he kind of raised a red flag there. So he's getting examined today uh, and uh, we'll know more. Dr. Mark Schickendance, the uh, the team's head physician is will you know is will do the uh, exam and uh, we'll go from there. But you know one way or the other, Joe. I mean, this is we're probably looking at more than a 15-day stay on the IL, don't you think? Yeah, I, I would I would almost guarantee that it's more than a 15-day uh, stint on the on the IL. Uh, I think uh, you know, and this is me speculating. We're not uh, we're not doctors and we're not physicians who have examined anything, but the way that uh, things sort of fall into these patterns with pitchers, uh, and, and we've seen this in the past, uh, on the, you know, on the absolute most perfect, uh, the, the best case scenario sort of situation, uh, maybe all it takes is a, an injection and a, a couple of weeks, and then he can start throwing again, and, and maybe you get him back in a, a month to, you know, maybe a little bit later than that, or maybe a little bit more than a month, actually, because he's probably got to go out on rehab assignments. Um, worst case scenario, you're looking at season ending, uh, reconstructive elbow surgery. And that means, uh, that he would have to miss, uh, at least a year, probably, uh, a year and, and some more time after that, just, uh, to, to be back to, to being the Tristan McKenzie that we know him to be. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's the, uh, the downside. That's the dark side for sure. And, uh, you know, when you're dealing with the, uh, ulna collateral ligament, and, uh, you know, that's the uh, Tommy John surgery ligament. So uh, ligament transplant. Um, and, you know, the, every, you know, every every baseball fan has heard that term and kind of cringed when it when it happens to their favorite pitcher. So uh, hopefully Tristan uh, gets through this. He doesn't have to. He isn't shut down for that long and they're able to uh, rehab this. But you don't, you don't know. You know, you just don't know. We won't right. we won't know until, you know, they, they uh, make an announcement. Well, and you look at somebody like a Jacob deGrom who, you know, are always sort of danced on the edge of this for years. And it was 
you know, a couple of seasons in New York where he would he would get back up and he'd start throwing and then he'd get shut down again and then he'd get back up. And instead of, uh, you know, just cutting bait and, and having the surgery and he could have been back, you know, uh, a lot sooner uh, that, it, 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 yeah, you just got to eat the whole year if that's the case, if he's if he's got to have uh, Tommy John surgery. But it, it's better than, you know, just trying to uh, rehab it and, and have it not take and then you do possibly do more damage that way. Uh, have faith in the doctors, have faith that they, uh, that they know what they've, what they're talking about and what they've seen. But, you know, at, at some point, uh, if it's in front of you, you pretty much just got to make the move and, and bite the bullet. Uh, we hope that's not the case with Tristan because, uh, having him around this team and having him around, uh, the clubhouse is always, uh, it, it's always better when he's there because he's, uh, he's a, he's a leader and he's a, a great voice for the clubhouse. Uh, so we, we hope to get good news tomorrow when we talk to uh, Tito and Chris Antonetti and, and everybody involved uh, with the Guardians. Uh, that Tristan McKenzie to the injured list new, uh, you know news hit on Friday uh, after we recorded our podcast and uh, precipitated the, uh, the arrival of Bo Naylor. Uh, this is the, uh, the move that everybody was waiting for. Uh, the, the Guardians actually did go ahead and, and designate Mike Zanino for assignment. Uh, you and I posted a couple of videos on uh, on YouTube about this, uh, but uh, you know, just to recap, uh, you know, what went wrong with with Zanino and, and his time in Cleveland, and and you know, what uh, does the does the front office, you know, necessarily need to shoulder some of the blame for this? Uh, you know, taking a risk, a six million dollar risk, on a guy who they didn't know was fully healthy. Yeah, I you know, I'm I'm not sure. You know, just in talking to Chris Antonetti and and uh, and uh, Terry Francona, you know, um, the, the, where Zanino may have been healthy, but his body just wasn't working like it had in the past. You know, and I think Joe, they kept, they, uh, you know, I they kept giving him. You know, they they wanted to give him as much time as possible because you know they've done this in the past with different players. You know, uh, uh, you know. Uh, 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 with, um, Josh, uh, Josh Naylor coming off the, uh, the broken ankle, they, you know, they weren't sure if he was going to come back then, but he bounced back and he's had, you know, he's in the middle of his second solid season, you know, Ahmed Rosario struggled, you know, initially after the trade, but uh, they, they stayed with him and he, you know, he came out, he's coming off a big year last year and he looks like he's starting to swing the bat again. So they felt like maybe Zanino was the same kind of case, um, and they just didn't want to give up on him and then have him go somewhere else and all of a sudden find it and start being you know, as productive as they thought he would be. But in the end, I think they just ran out of time and uh, they just, you know, made the decision that Bull was ready and this and Zanino, it just wasn't going to work with Zanino because everything that could go wrong did go wrong with him. He, he, he wasn't catching well and he didn't hit Joe. I mean, you mm -hmm. saw him, I saw him, you know, it was, you know, kind of a failure on both sides of the ball with him. And, and I give him credit. He was, he's a hardworking guy. You know, the day, uh, the day before he got uh, DFA'd, we were in San Diego and he's in the batting cage, you know, mm -hmm. swinging a bat. He's riding the bike, you know, to, to get in shape. It's like, you know, he had to know this was coming, but, you know, he kept working hard. And even um, in the game where D David Fry, you know, kind of started in his place, had the big game, uh, the last the last game in uh, 
in in San Diego. He was he was warming up the pitcher between you know between innings. He'd go out there and catch the pitcher, and you know when Fry came out, he smacked him on the butt. You know, get, wished him luck. You know, he was he was a good teammate. You know, a good dude. Uh, but I just think physically he wasn't able to do the job. I, I just think, and you know, I just think that it hurt him. It caught up to him. Yeah, there were. Uh, it, it wasn't. They could have lived with a bunch of strikeouts uh, if he was hitting a few uh, home runs here or there. Uh, they could have lived with uh, a couple of stolen bases if it wasn't leading the league in pass balls. But it was all of it at, at once, and it sort of uh, just caught up to him. And, and uh, you know, was there a was that game against Houston, uh, the one where Tristan McKenzie threw 34 sliders? Uh, was that game against Houston the sort of the tipping point? Or the, the the breaking point where the the patients just ran out for Cleveland, or uh, had it been building up until that point? Well, I think it had been building to that point. You know, they were they were obviously discussing this. I mean, if Joe, if if they didn't, you know, DFA him on a Friday in in Phoenix, they were going to DFA him today. You know, mm-hmm. there was a it was coming. We we both talked about that. That's like a snow. It was a snowball rolling down the hill by right. that point. But but I think the game in Houston where they stole six straight bases, he had an error. He had a, a pass ball. He goes over for three, hits into a double play. You know that was that was the uh, you know that was the tipping point. Yeah, that you put that in, in in good terms because you know if you think about it, he only caught one game after that, and and it, when uh, Francona started Fry, you know, in the last game in San Diego, he said, well, you know, um, you know, Zanino's had has really had a tough week, so we're not going to play him. And I'm sitting there thinking, uh, uh-uh, you you don't no, say that. No, that's it. Picture. Uh, the other uh, sort of casualty of all those moves was Cody Morris. Uh, he pitched in a game in San Diego and then was uh, optioned down uh, sort of uh, to, to make room uh, for uh, Daniel Norris and Tim Heron, who were brought up from uh, Columbus. Uh, Daniel Norris uh, now actually both of them giving uh, Tito now three lefties in the bullpen along with Sam Hentges. Uh, so uh, a little bit of a different uh, change in profile there. And and who knows what how long Norris will be around or, or what role he'll fill. Uh, but he uh, he pitched in the game on Sunday and, uh, you know, he's he's here now as a sort of a veteran guy, too. Yeah, I mean, he uh, Tito said, you know, he talked to Norris and said, listen, I can't tell you how long you're going to be here, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, we're glad you're here. Enjoy it. And I think, you know, so his, he's, he's on a short leash. He knows that he's a veteran guy, but Tito is so worried about the bullpen being overused. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've, we've covered him a long time and I've mm-hmm. never seen him that upset when he had to use, uh, Xavier Curry on Saturday and then with Eniel De Los Santos and, uh, was, and, and, you know, to finish out that game, you know, he was really concerned about, using guys that he usually uses when they have a lead or really, you know, putting too much stress on a guy like Curry. And he just, you know, you knew bullpen arms were coming. And, and I think Norris is here to, he, he said to be a bulk guy, just in, an emergency guy. And like a game, like if they run into a game like Sunday, either way, if they're getting blown out or they're blowing out, blowing somebody out, you know, they, they need somebody to eat some innings. And I think that's what, that's Norris's role. But, Heron on the other side, I think is it, you know, he's got a chance to stay here, Joe. He's got mm-hmm. a chance to finish the year in the pen. 
uh, he, you know, Terry, uh, Francona said, we want you to stay. And he said, told, uh, Bo Naylor the same thing. We want you two guys to be here the rest of the year. Yeah, there's, uh, that's the opportunity there, uh, in front of these rookies is to, to come up and, and sort of stay in those roles and see if they're, you know, it's not the, uh, 17 guys, uh, making their debuts this year, but, uh, the ones who are selected and, and, and brought up are, are given a chance here and, uh, we'll see how long uh, uh, they can last. Uh, we're thinking uh, it might be, uh, you know, a, a bit of a longer leash for guys like Bo Naylor and, and maybe Tim Heron this time around. Well, Tuki Toussaint, we we, we never got to see. We, we hardly knew you. He was here and he was gone, you know. He filled in for uh, Tristan on Friday, and now then he was DFA'd the next day. Uh, hopefully he makes it back and uh, the, uh, Cleveland keeps him and uh, sends him back to uh, Columbus. Yeah, there's a chance that Toussaint uh, winds up, uh, you know, accepting an outright or, or uh, whatever the process is to yeah. get him back to Columbus uh, and and continues his uh, his sort of uh, comeback attempt with uh, with the Cleveland organization. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, uh, we're looking at uh, the series this, this homestand against Oakland and then Milwaukee at the end of the week. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday morning to uh, to preview. Uh, both of those series as we uh, we look ahead, but uh, the the news of the day will certainly be what, what's up with Tristan McKenzie. Uh, we'll get to talk to Bo Naylor before the game uh, tomorrow uh, as he sort of meets the uh, the Cleveland press uh, again for the umpteenth time. Uh, <laughs> look, looking forward to that, and uh, we'll we'll catch up and recap it all this week on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you then. 